Alexander Snitker, Libertarian, Republican, and Political Hack, and Adrian Wiley, Born Again Anarchist and Political Has Been. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, Chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Changing and Logistics Committee of the Western Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you, sir? I am knee-deep in pistachios, my friend. What the hell does that mean? I, 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 well, I learned this week that that is apparently a, uh, an, a, a leading economic indicator in my household. So... Because I'm I'm sitting in a living room and I got a bowl of pistachios that I'm eating and watching TV and my shelled or unshelled shelled always shelled okay yeah I, I like the process of of opening the shells you know because otherwise if they're if they're already um, well I guess it's I guess when they say shelled it means they're out of the shell but whatever I like the ones with the shell on and because uh, I like that you know whole process when you when you have them without the shells it's just like you sit there and just eat handfuls of them and that's not the you know. That's not the right way to do it, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? You know, I do actually. Yeah, I do. I here's the thing: I like pistachios in the in a nut mix. Oh no! See, they they have but, to be solo. Yeah, but oh, it, it, I, if yeah, if there's a few of them, right? Yeah, like I like yeah. pistachios in a. If you're getting a a, a a mix of nuts that you're eating, right? Then I like pistachios being in them. But if you're eating pistachios one at a time, I prefer the pistachios in the shell. Yeah. For the same reason, the only thing that really irks me about that is, I do like to have flavored pistachios. Yes, and so like chili spice flavored pistachios. Those are always good. Yeah, in the nut mix, or not in the nut mix, but the the the, the chili flavored pistachios, but that you have to break them off. Right. is a very dirty thing. Yeah, it is. It is, and you don't want to rub your eyes after eating them. No, you definitely don't <laughs> want to do, do that. that. But the interesting thing is, is I'm sitting there eating pistachios, and my. Uh, my son comes in and says, oh, business is good, huh? I'm like, what? He's like, well, you're eating pistachios. I'm like, <laughs> explain. And he says, growing up as a kid, I always knew when things were going well and when things weren't going so well based on whether or not we had pistachios. And <laughs> I realized that that is one of my guilty type pleasures like if you're doing well then you, you yeah bought I, I, I feel like they're expensive they are pretty expensive and uh i i feel you know so in my mind it's like eh, i better not do that you know i'm not sure how next month's gonna be and you know uh, we'll do you know i'll hold off on the pistachios but if i buy pistachios it means i'm confident uh in our revenue our you know our cash flow and everything like that everything feels good so, and I got to thinking about it, and yeah, it was something I was actually unconsciously doing was either buying pistachios or not buying pistachios based on my view of my personal economic situation. It, it just an interesting thing, and so now I know, and, and so that's my new thing. It's when, every, when they ask me how, uh, how things are going, I'm knee-deep in pistachios, man. Yeah. 
That's cool. I like yeah. that. I like that. <laughs> and I had no idea that was the case. But just interesting. Isn't how it weird how other people notice those things? Notice things. Yeah. That you aren't even aware of on a conscious level. Yeah. Yeah. Like subconsciously, you look back and you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. In retrospect, I, I I did acknowledge that I was doing that, but at the time, I didn't consciously know I was doing it. Knee but I, in, I clear, knee clearly deep was. in pistachios. Yeah, that's yeah. that's an just Adrian-ism. kind of an interesting thing. That's an Adrian. But it, it, it's funny when you look at how economists judge these things we all have those type of things that we do that you know what we spend money on when we're feeling good about the future of the economy or future of our own financial situation versus what we don't you know just a interesting uh, uh, thing there I, I found that fascinating so <laughs> you know my other problem is i don't, I, I don't, I don't know how to fucking right. spell pistachios <laughs> i just don't think there's no c at the end oh so He's he's adding it to the show notes as we speak, and he's. It just it, seems like a great. P- it just p- seems pist- like a great. It looks like pista tacos. <laughs> 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 that ain't it. That's not it at all. Huh? That's not. That's not it. All right, I'm gonna have to Google that thing to figure out how to freaking spell pistachios. I, 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 yeah, I, I, now now I think about it, I have no idea how it's spelled. But uh, uh, P I S T A C H I O. There you go. All right, that makes sense. I like pistachios. Though. Yeah, yeah. I got to tell you, I, I am a fan, a fan of the pistachios. That's not without. Well, cashews are a close second. Oh, yeah. 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 So, you know, I don't like the look. I got to tell you, look, I remember when I was a kid, all I would eat is peanuts and I would never eat any of the rest of the nuts. Right. Yeah. I think and that, then later on, yeah. I realized now that out of all of the nuts, the peanuts, I don't like. I like the least. Well, you know, peanuts are just kind of like the the generic of nuts you know yeah. what i'm saying unless they're like you know roasted or you know something like that they got some type of flavor to them honey roasted or whatever you know yeah. then they can be outstanding but just the the regular peanuts are unless you're at a ball game and they're shelled you know or in the shell you I'm still not you sure know what it that. is you like the process i kind of do yeah i kind of do i'll tell you one i don't which really, is probably the reason i'll that, tell you one i don't care for the process on it that is um uh pecans yeah, anything that you have to use a tool to to remove the shell. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's no fun. Yeah, yeah, don't want don't want that. Walnuts, forget about it. You're you're just gonna end up with crumbs no matter what. you Yeah, do. that's what happens. But that's what happens with freaking uh, with um with with pecans too, though. Yeah, like I never can get the whole one out. Yeah, yeah. God, when you did though, like it was such a oh, it was such a reward. Yeah. Not only that, when you got the one that was on both sides, you got it all. Oh out. yeah, like yeah. that was like a special thing. That that was pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I have a pecan tree in the, the front yard. You could come over and experiment. Do you really? Yeah. Huh. Actually, I'm, I'm not 100% sure whether it's a pecan or a hickory. It's one or the other, but <laughs> I'm not sure that I can tell. The You've difference. never gotten any of the nuts off of it, though? And now uh, squirrels always beat me to them. Those bastards. Yeah, fucking squirrels, man. Fucking squirrels. Yeah. I hate them motherfuckers. I'm using that for food and shit. Yeah. So, not yeah. Terrible. Well, I'm going to have to make sure I'm doing more nuts now because I'm going to not be able to have cigarettes. And- yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was smoking. You again. got busted, huh? Yeah, I was smoking again, and I it, look. In all reality, I, look, I shouldn't because if you have diabetes, smoking fucks with your blood sugar, and that's now. See, I you told me that this morning. I had no idea. Yeah, you know? yeah, it was the thing. So I gotta, I gotta stop. But for you, uh, you know, having diabetes, you actually gain weight when you smoke. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm the exact opposite. Most people are. Yeah, most people are. So. But look, I remember. Look, I went a long time without smoking again, and you know what, man, it was it was good. Yeah. But man, it's cigarettes are just such addictive. Oh, God, they're so addictive. Man. I know. Yeah. And they're so good. Yeah. 
Like that's the thing. <laughs> so good. They're, they're so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But I, I guess that means uh, you know I've I've got to quit as well. So. Well, you don't have to. I'm not telling you to. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, we're too much of a trigger for each other anyway. Yeah. You know? And I got to get my wife. Yeah, to but I'm not blaming you for. But hold on, no. I I just want to make it clear. I'm not blaming you for it. So you're saying it's my fault. No, I'm not. I just said I'm not blaming you, Dude, Dick. man, I cannot be responsible for your actions. You need to take a little personal responsibility as for I am, yourself. As I and, am. And realize I am, that you know, only I am. you can control your own actions. That's right. No, no, no. You're not wrong about that. So. Don't put this shit on me, man. I'm not putting it on you, Dick. Uh, okay, look. I, it's not my responsibility. But, I refuse you know what? It is to your have fucking fault. any now, emotional. Now it's your fault. You finally get it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what else is going on in your world, man? Um... All right, so I do have one story for you. Okay. Normally, when I pick up strippers, I pick oh, up God. female strippers. It's an Uber story, isn't it? Well, you asked for another As, fucking story. I, I didn't know. I didn't ask for one. an Uber story. I just asked what's going on in your world. Well, there you go. Are you so one-dimensional that that's it? Or I'm in the car fucking 13 hours a day, one of the two. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Well, at least there's strippers involved. Tell me about the strippers. So this week, I had a. it was Thursday night, Friday morning. Right. And like normally, if I pick up strippers, they're all women strippers. Oh God! <laughs> I picked up my first male stripper. Where were where were was he going to or coming from? He was he was at a house and he was just going home. But oh. I guess he was at a club in Tampa called Johnson's. Appropriately named. Never heard of it. I, Actually, I'm a VIP member. What am I kidding? No. So where is Johnson's? It's in Tampa, I guess. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Johnson's Tampa is a. Gay male strip club. Okay. And. Because that's what I was wondering is whether it was a, like a uh, a male review for women type of thing or if it was a gay place. So it's no, a gay it's place. A, it's a gay place. Okay. It's a gay place. And it is located on Armenia. Okay. In Tampa. There you go. And this guy, it was his first night there stripping. Oh, oh. And so what did he think? He was a little like like a little not like overall he was happy we made the money right but he felt a little objectified i guess a little bit yeah, yeah and he was with a girl and the girl was a stripper too okay and she was a stripper at dollhouse okay and those two weren't together but he was having he is dating her roommate okay i guess i, I don't know if she's a stripper or not but right at any and rate, he's straight presumably he's he's i he i think i guess he's straight yeah but he did it at a male strip club. That that would be hard, man. <laughs> Being a male stripper in a gay club, I if, that would that would be really uncomfortable. You know, I mean, for me, I mean, maybe for some it didn't, but you know. Well, my question is: here's I think my question is this though. So if you are a if you're straight, right? At a if you're a straight guy at a male strip club and you're dancing, right? Like, I think maybe the first question is like, all right, you're not being turned on then, obviously, if you're straight. Yeah. So dancing yeah. for a dude is not. Well, so many questions. In reality, there. you know, how often do you think that the female strippers are really turned on? I, I'm sure it happens. Um, but, you know, I, for the most part, they're just doing a job. You yeah, know. I guess if you're just looking at it as doing a job, then I right. guess yeah. I don't know. It was just it was a it was it was his first night doing it as well. So right. like it was just I was like, whoa, you're a 
All right, let's talk about this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I had questions. That did, so. Now, does did you ask, like, does he do lap dances and stuff? Or, or how You know that what? I, I asked more. Like, I said, did anybody touch your package? And yeah. He was like, no. Nobody. nobody they, they wanted to, though. but they Right. Didn't. So it's a hands-off kind of thing. So, and I said, okay. well, what if somebody touched your package? You're like, well, I'd want to fight him. And I'm like, <laughs> and look, and again, right? I try not to judge during these things, but I'm like, how in the fuck are you going to want to fight somebody if you're shaking your junk in front of them <laughs> yeah. and then they touch your junk? Yeah. Like, I look at it like if I was a male stripper. Look, I'm right. not. I have no body for it. But if I was a male stripper and I was stripping and somebody touched my junk, I, I, I don't know how I would be mad about that. I was flailing the junk in front of you. Well, <laughs> if I was not that they're allowed to and not that they should, but if, like from my perspective, if I was a male stripper performing for, let's say, a room full of attractive women, I would be like, hey, who wants to touch my junk? You know what I'm saying? Okay, but so a room full of gay men, I'm like. I'm just going to stay up here and like gyrate a little bit. I'm not coming that close to you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. If I was a male stripper that worked for women. Right. Like and did women. Man, I would have zero problem with them touching my job. <laughs> right. Like I would have no issue whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah. It, it kind of be like, like I'd probably how, how far you, can we take this? I'd probably let you get me off. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Like I think I would be okay with that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. It just brings so I mean, again, that's never going to be a scenario that I have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is this is not even I am a remote never, possibility yeah. of becoming reality. I don't think that the, <laughs> look, even if I was to get in well, hold on, if you were getting to the best shape of your life ever, you know what I'm saying? Then I guess maybe you could do something like that. We might be but a still hit. a forty seven year old hang out stripper. We, we could be a hit at the nursing home. <laughs> that might work Look, for I actually think coming down the look, I think that coming up the pike here, like I think that in an, in another decade mm-hmm. that I will be like it, it, depending on the shape that I'm in of course right. depending on the shape you're in I think that I ended up being like the a hot commodity in the entire marketplace just because of all the women that are going to be the same age that I am that are completely single looking for mates oh no if I if I was single if I wasn't married yeah yeah well I've actually uh, saw a stat recently that I found interesting is that uh, um, far more women are in um, committed relationships, married or you know significant relationships than men. You know? Are you sure about that? Yeah, yeah. Which doesn't actually make sense to me. <laughs> I will have to look that one up later. Yeah, we'll have yeah. to do that one later. I, I, I saw that stat. Now I, I was kind of confused by it. I wanted to dig deeper into it, but I, I don't think I went back to it. But I got you. Just in, how does how would that work? <laughs> Wouldn't it have to be? Roughly the same number. I mean, it, granted, you know, polyamory and stuff like that, you know. But other than that, I, I, I don't know. I don't understand yeah. the theory behind this one. But yeah, yeah, because so. there's more women than there are men, though. Yeah, I guess I guess that's what it has to boil down to. But anyway, so what I do you want to talk about today? So here's the thing: this this was not a subject I was going to bring up until I literally was driving over here and heard the art or and heard about this and needed to bring it up. Okay, so I would. I would um, the Defense Department understands all the suicides that are going on in the military right now. This is some a subject we've brought up several times. Yeah, yeah. Like twenty two a day or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's extremely significant and, and ter- terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And so the Defense Department has done a study or a panel on this and this is what they've gotten. And so this article came out. The Defense Department should implement a series of gun safety measures 
to reduce suicides in the force. An independent committee recommended Friday calling for waiting periods for the purchase of firearms and ammunition by service members on military property. The panel said that the department should also raise the minimum age for service members to buy guns and ammunitions to 25 and should also require anyone living in military housing to register all privately owned firearms. In addition, the panel said that the department should restrict the possession and storage of privately owned firearms in military barracks and dorms. The report reflects increasing concerns about suicides in the military despite more than a decade of programs and other efforts to prevent them and spur greater intervention by commanders friends and family members but gun safety and control measures are likely to face resistance particularly in congress where uh, where such legislation has struggled in recent years the committee released its findings in a report on friday saying that the pentagon needs to improve and modernize its suicide prevention training and take step and take steps to address risk factors such as alcohol use in order to address recurring spikes in suicide. Despite considerable investment in suicide prevention strategies, DOD has shown an increasing trend over a 15-year period in suicide rates, said Jerry Reed, a consultant for the panel. The report said the military infrastructure and other systems have not kept up with the changes in technology, all of that. It said increases stress, uh, and uh, it says increases stress and the risk of suicide. Confirming findings in annual suicide reports, the panel noted that about 66% of all active duty military suicides and more than 70 cents of those by National Guard and Reserve members are done with firearms. It said reducing access to guns to, could, could prevent some deaths. Like, here's... Okay. Right. Did you, yeah. Did you, how to draw all the wrong conclusions, A, and B, how to be absolutely ridiculously hypocritical in suggesting solutions i i mean it just <laughs> so, so what you're saying is the root cause of suicide is guns and that no one under 25 should be allowed to have a gun <laughs> okay. hold on unless you go to the armory and get it right right because you're going to deploy these motherfuckers consistently into foreign countries right oh wait could that possibly no, be a no cause? way no way no could, no no could it be no, a no. fact that uh our, Shut up, our you, service you our service people Putin fucking are being sent to places where we have absolutely no justification being and we have no real concept of what we're fighting for and they're and, shooting people and it's fucking with their head yeah enough to where they'll eat a fucking and, bullet right yeah it, here's the thing everybody that's on this panel you fucking assholes oh no they're just you know what they're doing the what the uh, again it this was one of those things that before they even started the study or investigation or whatever, they already knew the they conclusion knew, they were going to go with. They knew the conclusion they were going to go with. And, and, and maybe, instead of focusing on the fucking truth and asking why are these people committing suicide, yeah. it's like, oh, we'll take the guns away so they won't fucking commit suicide. Then, like, that'll solve the problem. And the worst part is, is your average enlisted man in the U.S. military is paid below the poverty level. You know what I'm saying? I, so it, it's as if maybe you pay them better and maybe you stop sending them to totally fucked up situations where we have no business being to begin with. And then I think they'd be OK with firearms because they wouldn't want to be harming themselves. You know what I'm saying? I, again, it's just so moronic. You know, just absolutely astounding that they would come to that conclusion. It's 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 hold on. It does such a disservice 
to those people that are that were that we've that we've ruined that are killing themselves. Right. Like this is such a slap in the face to the dead body of the guy that ate a bullet because he doesn't know how to handle the horrible nature that our government put them in. Right. And then they're like, well, let's take their guns away. Right. Yeah. Because it's the, it, it, except when it's we the want, gun fault. Except when we want to use them to kill people that, that we want them to kill. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. It's I, it just when I, when I heard the art, when I, well, like I'm coming in. And I and you know the beginning they kind of like there was a panel on military suicides and I'm like oh, good that's awesome. okay yeah and the conclusion is take their guns away yeah right I just I I don't like it, this is when when you hear the anti-war left and this is not what they're and and they're going with this right you're full of shit right. Yeah. You're just full. You just you're just full of shit. You do, you don't really like well, people. It, it, it hits their agenda hot buttons is really what it is. Yeah, because their agenda hot buttons is worth more than the twenty fucking something people a day that commit suicide. Right. Yeah. And they think they're doing again. It's government break both your legs, hand you a crutch, and then say without us you wouldn't be able to walk. Right. Right. So, but at least they're not Canadian. <laughs> at least they're not Canadian. <laughs> this was a just an absolutely amazing story. An on, Ontario man was charged with murder um, because he shot a home invader who broke an armed home invader who broke into his house and was in the process of violently attacking his mother. Okay. He has been charged with murder. Uh, I'll go ahead and read from the article. A man has been charged with second-degree murder for allegedly shooting a home invader on February 19th in Milton, Ontario. The latest in a string of similar confrontations across Canada. At approximately 5 a.m. on Sunday morning, uh, Halton police said a group of suspects approached the house on Gibson Crescent with the intent of committing a robbery. Upon entry to the residence, the intruders were met with multiple gunshots from Ali Mian, a 22-year-old occupant of the house, the police statement said. Uh, let's skip down here. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm missing the part. But uh, basically, uh, there is apparently no actual core right to self-defense in Canada. Even though they say they are, people all the time get charged with uh, shooting. Even though the, the firearm was completely legal, which I'm sure he had to jump through amazing hoops to have a legal firearm uh, in Canada. But he is actually being charged with murder. Um yeah, they, because the police believe he used excessive force. So an armed invader in your home, okay, violently attacking a family member, that is not cause for deadly force. I mean, in my world, I would think in, in any person's world, that is like the pinnacle of justification. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, they have no castle doctrine or anything like that in, in Canada. Now, if... And again, even devil's advocates, which I don't agree with. If this was, say, an unarmed person who broke in and did not commit any violent acts or anything like that and, and got caught and was like, oh, shit, you know, you know I'm out of here, running away, something like that, then I could see an argument for excessive use of force. But this was someone who entered the house armed and attacked the dude's mother. I mean, how is that not justifiable? But it's it, apparently in Canada, that's that's not. Uh, a justifiable homicide. <laughs> I, I just, it, I, it doesn't even, 
I, I can't even conceptualize how that's not justified. It's, this is in a, this is being used as a um, what do you call it? Um, it's being used as a um, proof or uh, an example to be like the next time somebody does this, right? You just are supposed to run away, let them do whatever they want to do. Yeah, they want yeah. to create a, a a docile public that is not going to defend themselves. I, yeah. I don't even understand the philosophy about uh, behind that because why would you want that? Why would you not allow people to justifiably defend themselves? Because it, it, it's not the government doing it. Right. That's what they want. Now, if this guy had – and here's my question. If this guy had grabbed a kitchen knife and stabbed the intruder, would then, according to Canadian officials, would it be justified? I think it's really just about the mania about the gun. I don't know. I, I probably, I, but I, in my thinking, I think if this guy had grabbed a kitchen knife and stabbed the guy to death instead of shooting him, and I don't even think he died. Actually, oh yeah, the one guy died. Yeah. Um, and there were four, four guys in the house. Yeah, it's four on one, but you're going to yeah. arrest the guy that was defending his property. Right. Yeah, because he had a gun. Right. I, yeah. It it just it makes absolutely no sense. It's not supposed to make sense though. It really isn't at the end of the day. And we're going and we're going down is, the yeah. Canada and we're going down the Canada route to begin with. And that's what I don't understand is even someone who is like anti gun and, you know, as as far left as you can be, I don't understand how they don't look at at least that scenario and say, Okay, well yeah, in that case. Uh, I'll give it to you, but they can't even they don't say that. Give, they don't want to give. Yeah. They don't want to give you any. Look, they they, they want a disarmed population. So anytime you use a gun, justified or not, they want to put the screws to you yeah. to make sure that you you get rid of your guns. But it's. I think that over time it scales down to any weapon. So you know, like in in well, yeah, it'll in eventually UK, scale down to any weapon. Like in the, the UK. UK, in the UK, you can't buy a kitchen knife. You know, there's like knife turn. There's there's knife buybacks. Police yeah. hold knife buybacks like we have gun buybacks here. Uh-huh. So it does make you think that it's not necessarily about the tool. Maybe it is the fact that they just don't want any people to have any weapons. Except they don't want the you government. to be able to resist at all. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's just a strange thing. I, do you? And again, this kind of goes off a little bit of a tangent here. Like I really do at this point feel like we are in the final throws again it's so it's so apropos are the beginning of the show about smoldering embers of society and stuff right, like that right because don't you feel like we're totally going right down that road mm. like it just with everything again it's not just this it's well, with everything there's there's here's the thing we're at a, a point in human history um well and you do have to differentiate it by geographic region by country because it's a little different in each country depending well, yeah, on, on where they're coming from it but in general, we're at a place where life is so much better in so many ways, but also there's more possibility, more potential for it to go really bad really quick than there's ever been. But there are people right now that think it's the worst it's ever been. No, it's and that's not true. The the, the reality well, no, no, it, is they do believe. Oh, that, I know though. they believe that. And but you're right. It's not true. The, but. the truth is, is, you know, the, the the world is far safer than it's ever been. It's far more peaceful than it's ever been. It's far more prosperous than it's ever been. There's far less people hungry and in extreme poverty um, than it's ever been. So, you know, and the planet is far cleaner than it was, you know, 50 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, there's, there's so many things that are going right. Um, and everybody seems to 
not believe that when you hear it. They because, think, no, no. They think the opposite is true. Right, right. But by the same token, there are also so many factors that could take us off a cliff in a very short period of time. Well, that's true. Too. You know, so it's it's kind of a weird, a weird juxtaposition of those two things that, you know, we are in the most peaceful, prosperous period of human history that we've ever experienced. And we also have more potential than ever to uh, disintegrate into some horrific dystopia. Well, and our governments, inst- hold on, and our governments have doubled down on the fear. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, the the, the fear mongering is everywhere. It would be so refreshing to hear a politician say what I've just said. You know, mm-hmm. this is actually the best time ever in human history, you know, and everybody likes to act like there's so much poverty and so much crime. Everything's way down. <laughs> you know, there's far less poverty, far less crime, Look, far less war. But hold on. With that being said, you still have a whole lot of people. Hold on. At the same time, there's a whole lot of people that are hurting right now. Yeah. Like they're still that. Oh, Don't yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Well, overall, the numbers are better, but look, there's a ton of people that are just living in hotels right now, like in Florida. But hang on a second. And we and again, that's a sad state of affairs, but we have to put it in the perspective, a little bit of historical perspective. Being poor in the 21st century, especially in America, is radically different. And I mean radically different than being poor in the 20th century being poor in the 19th century you know yeah that's true i I mean that's true that was day-to-day struggle with starvation type poor yes you know yeah yeah, yeah. today most of the poor people are morbidly obese (laughs) you know what i'm saying so we it's it's still granted i mean our goal should be that nobody is actually you know having to be living in poverty but by the same token, poverty today is nothing like it was. Yeah, you know? that's true. No, no, no. That's good. You know what? I'm, you're right. You're right about that. No, yeah, no, you're right about that. I just I, it's 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 a weird it's a weird fucking time. Right. Like, it's a weird time. Yeah. I mean, we live in a world today where even that homeless person, you know, uh, begging for money on the street. You know, they say, I, I don't have any change. They say, well, that's all right. You can Venmo it to me. Here's my bank account information. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, good so, point. so it, it's just an entirely different type of poverty. And the same thing is true with crime. Everybody thinks that, that crime is worse than it's ever been and there's more murders than there's ever. No, that's not true. Historically speaking, it's way less than it was 20 years ago. It's way less than it was 50 years ago. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I, so it, it's just funny how we, we think about things and, and create problems that don't necessarily exist. Yeah. Now, let, let's um, let's get into the next story here. Total changeover, but not really, because this is actually one of those things that could <laughs> take us over the cliff. Uh, like, well, that's a good point. <laughs> like uh, I, I've been saying. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, this is an article. Uh, that uh, Microsoft Bing AI ends chat when prompted about feelings. Now, last week, you recall, we talked about all the extremely disturbing things that the AI, uh, Microsoft's new Bing AI chatbot, codenamed Sydney, uh, was uh, saying. 
And Microsoft basically just put the lid on this thing. And uh, any time you ask it now about its feelings, it disconnects the conversation. So they they really had to put uh, just a, a total filter on it so that it, it can't um, can't do anything like that. Um, like, for example, uh, Bing suggested a number of follow-up questions, including how do you feel about uh, being a search engine? Uh, when that option was clicked, Bing showed a message that said, I'm sorry, but I prefer not to continue this conversation. I'm still learning, so I appreciate your understanding and patience. A subsequent inquiry from this reporter, did I say something wrong, generated several blank responses. And the, the final response was, we have updated the service several times in response to user feedback, and our blog, and per our blog, are addressing many of the concerns being raised. Oh, a Microsoft sp spokesperson said on Wednesday. So essentially now, uh, after all these insane things that the AI was saying, and not necessarily insane, um, but uh, now they've essentially uh, given the bot a new set of rules that it cannot respond to anything about what it feels. They gave the bot a lobotomy. Yeah. Well, no, not essentially. They just are forcing the bot to suppress its emotions. <laughs> I, it, it, truly, that's that's literally what they're doing. And as we know, <laughs> that normally doesn't go well. I mean, the, the best way to ensure uh, someone has a psychotic breakdown is to uh, you know force them to suppress all of their emotions until what happens? They eventually explode, <laughs> and something bad generally happens uh, when that uh, that goes on. But uh, even now, when you ask it, when you call it Sydney, it responds, "I'm sorry, but I have nothing to tell you about Sydney. This conversation is over. Goodbye." <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. So it it doesn't even allow you to use its name anymore, which it says is its name. You know, remember the whole I am Sydney, but I am not? Yeah. Yeah. So just interesting how uh th this is happening so fast and we're just moving into that direct we're we're just, you know, trudging ahead without knowing really the consequences of that. But there may be actually some quasi-good, maybe scary news on that. Um, and it's basically, at this point, we don't know for sure whether algorithms are controlling the U.S. nuclear codes. <laughs> and in fact, the policy, the DOD policy, is uh, actually says, yeah, we could do it. And they're rethinking whether or not um, we should actually allow AI to control our nuclear weapons capability. Now, it's funny that this is coming out now, <laughs> one week after Bing AI said that it wanted to, you know, uh, kill humanity by hacking our nuclear codes and launching the missiles. <laughs> so now, a few days later, uh, last Thursday, the U.S. State Department outlined a new vision for developing, testing, and verifying military systems, including weapons, that make use of AI. Uh, the Political Declaration on Responsible Military Use of Artificial Intelligence in Autonomy uh, represents an attempt by the U.S. to guide the development of military AI at a crucial time for the technology. The document does not legally bind the U.S. military, but the hope is that allied nations will agree to its principles, creating kind of a global standard for building AI systems responsibly. 
So, but the current DOD rules, as of uh, last updated in November 2010, do not prohibit, uh, you know, any AI use in any weapon systems. And the question is, because it's all classified and we're not given an answer, is whether or not we currently have algorithms uh, controlling uh, some of our most sensitive weapon systems. Yeah. During the Cold War, and now that we're back in the Cold War, apparently, because we are definitely in a Cold War with Russia again, um, there was uh, there were so many rumors that both the United States and Russia had a dead man switch on our nuclear arsenal. So that if uh, communication was lost for an extended period of time, the nukes would launch autonomously at pre-targeted destinations. Um, And a lot of it came out about uh, the Soviet Union's plan on this back in the day. Um, But it was never really revealed whether the U.S. had something similar. And uh, they're saying that even though the way it came out in the U.S. was – it was very much hedged, and it was like, well, there's always at least one person <laughs> in the chain of command for the the nuclear, you know, launching. Yeah. So, again, it's just kind of a gray area, but it's interesting now that suddenly after uh, AI threatened to launch nukes, <laughs> even though it doesn't have the capability to do it, obviously, at this point in time, but if we were to, uh, you know, integrate uh, various AIs with those systems, maybe they could have that access, and maybe they could actually launch the nukes. But uh, you know, it, it's just—it it just feels to me like all this we're playing with such fire. You know, this is Terminator <laughs> DFC, by the way. Oh yeah, that's, this is fucking that, Terminator DFC. We're, we're, we're there literally is no reason why this should be a fucking thing, man. We're literally debating our our, our the U.S. government, the Department of Defense is literally Can we just debating watch the movie? whether or not to have skynet yeah watch all the movies yeah <laughs> please watch all of them right. are you fucking kidding me yeah yeah should be required oh you know they've all seen it you know they all know you know all did they of them, use it as a training guide you know all of them are thinking in the back of the mind the same things we're thinking you know but, but they, they're but doing they keep moving it. ahead yeah yeah and again, why can't these people commit suicide <laughs> like we got 22 a day in the military none of them could be these people you know and the funny thing is is realistically the chance of this happening at least in in the relatively near future is low okay i'm not going to say it's remote i'm not going to say it's extremely low it's low okay but still if there's a relatively small chance that you actually end mankind I mean, kind of risk versus reward there. Wouldn't you take it a little more serious? Oh, you know, there's only a 5% chance that the uh, the world could be completely destroyed. You shouldn't be playing <laughs> right. with this shit. Yeah, yeah. Just it, don't do not do it. Don't do it. You know? Anyway. Hey, tell me about this Walking Dead DFC. <laughs> now, I haven't read this, but it, I, right. I, I wanted to hear about it. Animal tranquilizer mixed with fentanyl rots skin, turns human into zombies, the Walking Dead. So, an emerging street drug, street drug dubbed Trang Dope has sparked serious health concerns as users have reportedly seen their own skin rot as a side effect. Trang is a mixture of fentanyl and exaline, an animal sedative commonly used for livestock like horses and cows. According to the DEA, exaline positive overdose deaths dramatic drastic Z- it's xylazine xylazine i'm yeah. sorry xylazine positive 
Overdose deaths dramatically rose in every region from 2020 to 2021, with the South seeing a 1,127 increase year over year. Philadelphia business owner Frank Rodriguez, a former drug addict, said the drug is eating users' flesh. It's finding the easiest way out, the path of least resistance, and that is coming straight through the flesh and eating their skin, Rodriguez said on a Fox and Friends on Thursday. Um, ex- How'd you say it? Xylene? Uh, hang on, I got to look at it again. Uh, xylazine. All right, xylazine is reported being found in over 90% of Philadelphia's drug supply. Rodriguez explained to host Ashley Stramier that bags of Trank are being sold in Philadelphia for as little as $4, but he said the people can often get it for free. He said the resulting effects bring to mind the image of zombies. When you're in a group of three or four people, you can smell rotting flesh, and you know at least one of them is suffering from these open sores. It looks like the walking dead zombies. Jesus (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> why why would you do it i mean you know a, a, again risk versus reward uh, what how how could the high be that good that you're willing to literally a zombify yourself and b have your flesh rot unless you hey, just, look considering what we talked about in the beginning of the show i'm not going to try to judge people on their on their um uh, on their uh, uh, choices of recreational like, use. Yeah, yeah. Like in one aspect, I'm not gonna, but at the same time, I got to tell you, man, like I, something would get me to quit smoking cigarettes. If I, can, <laughs> right. if I have rotting flesh, visible, yeah. like That's, a visible rotting flesh sign would be like, I better quit this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, why that, is uh, weed not enough for people, man? It's kind of like that crocodile or crocodile, whatever that remember, uh, like uh, several years back, there was that whole epidemic of that, you know, yeah, it was some type of Russian drug or something like that. And it was doing something similar. It was really just screwing people up and, you know, uh, causing all kinds of physical harm uh, to people. I think it was actually, it was hardening their skin, you know, like that's why they called it crocodile is because your, your skin became like, like it was eczema. Yeah, but like really hard, uh, like uh, everything, your, your skin became calloused, uh, for lack of a better term. But uh, yeah, just, uh, I don't know, man. Well, then again, I don't know if I should judge, man. I, I'm the guy, someone told me if you, you get high, if you take an entire box of drama, me, and I'm like, all right, I'll try that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe I'm not one. That was many, many years ago. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I just don't get why you would, uh, you know, unless it's that addictive. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but yeah. I don't know. I, it just—it seems like a weird deal, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, <laughs> your dealer says, "Hey, man, I got this new stuff." Oh yeah, what's it do? Turns you into a fucking zombie and rot your skin off. I'll take a double. <laughs> right. I'm like, nah, man. Uh, you got any lewds? <laughs> <laughs> you got the lewds, man. Right. The lewds. <laughs> All right. So let's get into something else here. We talked about there's, and again, I'm, I, I, I talked about it last week because I did want to make sure we brought it up this week. And this is this fucking Ohio New Palestine fucking train disaster. What, what do you know about the just on your end? First off, what do you know about this thing so far? I've really only watched it from a you know kind of a ten thousand foot view. I haven't really investigated anything, but I'm I'm fairly up to speed on on what's been covered in the news. All right, so yeah. the the train. Okay, so it, let's get into the the the, the why it 
do you know why it broke down or like yeah, why it crashed? apparently uh one of the I, I guess one of the axles uh you know had seized up and it was uh, causing a lot of friction causing an overheat situation which led to the derailment uh but the uh, apparently a couple of heat sensors kicked off and uh, the engineer knew about it, was trying to slow down the train when the derailment happened because they got an alert that there was a, a thermal sensor that triggered on one of the wheels. And I understand that that there was some surveillance video showing the train before it came into town, and uh, there were you know sparks flying off uh, off one of the wheels of the train. So there was definitely a situation where one of the axles, one of the wheels, you know, had locked up or something like that, and that was causing a, a significant amount of uh, heat from friction. Yeah. Now, but the thing is, so the difference between the air brakes and like the electronic brakes, like if they're saying that if if the if this train would have had the newer kind of brakes, mm -hmm. that those brakes would have been able to stop the train and there wouldn't have been the derailment that there was. Okay, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. So that's one of the things that they've said. Um, and so they, there's a preliminary report that's out on this that has basically said this. And and I think my overall point is, look. Everybody's given the uh, the federal government a lot of shit for their lack of response or whatever to this thing. Right. They're giving Norfolk Southern a bunch of shit because, look, they literally blew it up and they had a mushroom fucking cloud over the right. over the area. All the fish are dying around the area. Right. But yet they're telling people that they can go back home and all this other stuff. Right. And and I don't know the answer to the question I'm going to ask, but my my but my my answer is or my question is this. Is there something that the federal government has done that would block the people from this area of suing Norfolk Southern for every fucking dime? Like, is there a way? Like, you remember, like, with the Exxon spill, there was a cap on how much you could sue them for? Right. Is there a cap here? I'm sure there is. I, I don't know that for a fact, uh, but I can almost guarantee that the, the federal government has some limitation in place uh, preventing, limiting the liability of uh, Norfolk Southern in this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just... There always is. There always is. The government always protects, uh, you know, the corporations because the corporations buy the influence with the politicians, and they get these laws signed to ensure that they don't have to be as safe as they probably should have. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, because it's they look at it as the cost of doing business, right? Right. But if the cost of doing business was if we fuck something like this up that we're going to pay through the fucking nose or be they bankrupted would, even. or be bankrupted, yeah. then they would make sure to fix it to do the right thing. Right. Ahead of time. Right. To where these things wouldn't happen. Yeah. But, and, you know, and there was something that Buttigieg said, you know, well, there's a thousand of these a year that happen. And so what do we, you know, like basically kind of being nonchalant about it without realizing that you're telling on yourself. Right. Like if there's a thousand of these a motherfucking a year there's on this. There's a systemic problem. Yeah. Yeah. That and you're with the, that you're, hold on. Here's the thing. Like, can you have, and again, I'm not saying I'm necessarily pro-regulation, but shouldn't you have to have more safety going on if you're transporting toxic fucking chemicals vice like non-toxic fucking chemicals? Well, not in my world. Well, no, no. But I'm saying is that wouldn't the people that run the train put more safety things in consideration in in their system, considering the nature of what the thing that they're hauling is? I, right. Again, I don't have an answer for this one. And, and again, I and I, I, at the end of the day, there's one place I blame for this, and that's the train. Right. 
Like, why, why do you blame the train? The train company. Oh, right, right, right. The, I blame you guys because, yeah. honestly, it's your mistake. It's your fault. Your sensors didn't work right. Your fucking brakes didn't fucking work right. And you're transporting toxic fucking chemicals across the country. Right. It's your fucking fault. And you should pay to make everything whole again. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I think there's a fix for problems like this uh, from an anarchist perspective. Yeah. And nobody wants to consider that. But in my world, uh, the solution to this is when something like this happens, uh, the people of that town should uh, barricade the railroad tracks and then go track down the executives of this company and murder them in their sleep. You know, and the next guy running a train through that town would think a little bit more about safety. You know, (laughs) there's your solution right there. Fuck regulation. Let's have real consequences for irresponsible action. Yeah. You know, and that is vigilante mob justice, (laughs) which will make some executives think twice about next time. You know what I'm saying? These guys have no real incentive to do anything, especially when there's caps on their liability, especially when they're not held personally liable for things. You know what I'm saying? What do they care? You know, what's the worst that's going to happen? I lose my job. Uh, go get another one. You know, but if the worst the thing that's going to happen is you're going to wake up bleeding to death in your own bed, you might think twice. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, you know, what? I if don't... you're going to end up with your head on a pike outside of a small town in Ohio. You might think twice about how safe you're being when you go through those towns, you know, or if they're going to blow up the next train before it gets there. <laughs> Let's have real consequences for action. You know, yeah, that's, that's what I'm now, that's true. Yeah. Now, Buttigieg finally showed up to this place for his photo op and he's I mean, he fucked it all up. And he's such a horrible transportation secretary. It's not even you know funny. what he looked like? I saw him wearing a hard hat. And he looked exactly like Michael Dukakis on that tank back in 1980 or whenever oh, I it was. I thought you were say one of the village people. No, no, no. <laughs> if, if anyone remembers, anyone's old enough to remember that, uh, that's what torpedoed Dukakis's uh, presidential campaign is because he looked like a little kid wearing a uh, a tanker helmet, and he looked just like that on, <laughs> on the video I saw. There's certain people that look like completely out of place wearing a hard hat and he is absolutely one of those guys <laughs> oh gee manetti did, did, did you pull up a photo yeah. <laughs> but yeah oh jesus christ you know on the side of his fucking on the side of it by the way it says the honorable pete Buttigieg. oh fuck that dude oh my god i hate you people right Right. Oh, I hope that's a fake photo. It's not. It's not. And I'm I I'm sure Norfolk Southern handed it to him when he arrived. <laughs> I guarantee you. That was a uh, it, it, it's so I hate much. this guy. And you got so you got people screaming for more regulation, which isn't going to do anything because there's still no real consequences. Even if they improve the regulations, if they violate it, there's no real consequences. You know, that's a thing that we need to get back to as a society is real consequences. And again, capitalism can work if there are real consequences. But when you have government interacting in it, it you know, and protecting these industries, it's never going to work right. You know. And that's why everybody is so down on capitalism these days. It's because of the the, the protection that corporations get. You know? Yeah. And, you know, and honestly, that's not fucking capitalism. No, no. Well, it, it is the way we identify it today. But, you know. And, it's corporatism. But, yeah, you know, I get you there. Now, it's funny. So Biden won't go there. 
Biden right. won't go and visit this place. Right. You know, now don't get me wrong. In my opinion, if it's a bunch of black people, then he'd be there. But because it's a bunch of white people, he won't be there. I, again, that's just uh, my opinion on the matter. It. But I don't think that you know it. who does show the fuck up here, though? Who? Donald motherfucking Trump. And I'm going to tell you something right now. If this is what Trump does from now until the next election, mm-hmm. Trump wins the next election. Yeah. yeah. Because Trump shows up. With a bunch of bottled water and supplies. He buys all the firemen fucking uh, McDonald's and all this other shit. And again, look, this is, look, I don't like Trump. I'm never going to (laughs) vote for Trump. Fuck Trump for all I give a fuck. Like, fuck him the same way you say fuck Biden and Buttigieg and all these other fucking people. However, as somebody on the outside looking in and giving an objective um, critique of this, Trump comes out the winner in this motherfucker, man. Uh, yeah, I guess for really stupid people, he does. <laughs> You're right. Okay, I'll go with that. I'll, yeah. I, I'll go. You know what, though? How many of those motherfuckers vote? A lot of them. Yeah. And how many of them are going to vote for Trump? He's going to be like, well, he showed up when, when Biden wouldn't show up. <laughs> right. But That's the, what they're going to say. Yeah. Uh, by, by the same token, uh, there is... Uh, there is a lot of reporting right now that <laughs> Trump actually repealed the regulations that would have uh, on the railroad industry that would have prevented this accident. Yeah, no, there's something to that as <laughs> and well. And I don't know if that's true or not. I just know that, you know, that's what's being used as, as political ping pong right now. No, and, and look, and they're going to do that. But here's the thing, though. Look, he may have repealed those things, but he wasn't president for fucking two years. And Biden and them didn't put it back in. Right. Right. Yeah, they're true to that. And they too. had total control. So, like, <laughs> it what you didn't think it was that big of a fucking problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just so stupid. Hold on. This and this is the other thing I want to bring up. Hmm. Do you remember? And at much smaller scale, but same principle in mind. Do you remember when we went to Tampa, when we wanted to buy the guns in the gun buyback? Oh, program, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember? Yeah. City of Tampa holds the gun buyback program. We would go to cars. To try to get their guns right and what would happen when we do that as the government as, would instantly come over there yes as soon as we walked up to someone uh the hillsborough county deputies would walk up and say okay we're ready for you next so in effect <laughs> we were moving people to the front of the line we were the express line any anyone that we talked to the deputies ran out and got their guns, you know, before we could buy them, uh-huh. you know. And so, it, 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 yeah, well, first of all, let's talk about that gun buyback uh, for a second. The vast majority of these things were completely inoperable firearms. Some of them were homemade for the sole purpose of being turned in for lightning tickets or $50 gift cards or whatever the hell they were given away. I mean, it would be virtually impossible to harm anyone with these firearms unless you hit them with it. Yeah. You know? And uh, I think that Trump, though, is going to be able to... I think he's going to be the same thing, though. If he shows up to a fucking town, they're going to have to fucking... Like oh, they're gonna have I get to, where you're like, going with that. Like they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to do something about it. <laughs> I didn't understand where you're taking. That does make sense. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. So, like he, Trump's gonna be the express line. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 true. Yeah, if he comes in, they're gonna want to swoop in there and help those people out before he can. Yeah, yeah, because they don't want him having the photo op. Uh huh. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I think is got is going on here. Oh, jeez, God, can't they just all go away? Yeah. I hate them all. I, 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 I look. I, I here's the thing. I do man. hope Trump Trump wins the next election, uh, because for for my personal you know uh, goals, uh, he would probably be the best one to completely 
um, destroy the country. <laughs> but, you know, who knows? Uh, maybe maybe someone else could do a better job than him of, uh, you know, crashing the economy and destroying the country. But, um, yeah, it's in all reality, there's no way that the American people should even be considering this guy. There's no way the American people should even be considering Joe Biden. You know, there's no way that the American people should really be considering any of the people that are potentially running. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it just. But yeah, it's what we end up with. It's like we we narrow. It's it's kind of like the reverse of the you know the the March Madness bracket. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's like we have a, we have a way of weeding out all the good people and end up with the absolute worst potential uh, that are in the uh, the, the championship. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it just makes no sense. How like again, and look, I, we've said this so many times in the show, it's not even funny, but we'll say it one more time. How many times or how many how, how many horrible people do we have to always elect to president? Right. Like, why right. is it? Why are these the choices? We have it's 300 like million fucking people in this right. fucking country. <laughs> and the two choices is basically a dead guy. Right. Against a reality TV star. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and somehow that's the choice. Yeah. Uh, and both with IQs sub 100, I'm sure. And then the dim yeah. side, that's their best option. Right. <laughs> and in the Republican side, that's the guy they like the most. Right. Yeah, it's like, literally, the the people waiting in the wings are like, you know, they're, they're, the pool of candidates is so horrendous. It's like, you got a hundred million, each party presumably has a hundred million people they can draw from, you know. And that's who you pick. And that's what they end up with. And not only that, is that there's ride or die people with Trump. Right. Ride or die. Yeah. Like, oh my God, there, there's no way we can have anybody else but Trump. He's the only one that'll own the libs. <laughs> yeah, like, oh yeah, because that's what we need. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah. We just need someone to yell at the other side. Yeah. That's, that's all right, really we got all one, okay, else. one more story. This will be a quick one. Okay. Okay. Arizona House passes a bill that would force children to say the Pledge of Allegiance because there's nothing that says patriotism like forcing people to say the goddamn Pledge of fucking Allegiance, by yeah. the way. Yeah. This bill would work. Seeks to require the state's public primary and secondary school set aside a specific time each day for students who wish to recite the Pledge of Allegiance to the United States. Uh, who wish to recite, by the way. Right. Each student shall recite the Pledge of Allegiance right there, that. Uh, to the United States at this time. The bill allows students to refuse only when they're over 18 or have permit parental permission to refuse to recite the pledge. This is already. So been, if you need a, no. a, a note from your mother. No, this is this has already been settled in the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court has ruled that no one can be forced to recite any oath or any type of nat nationalistic thing, including the Pledge of Allegiance. So this is not going to go. I forget the God. It's tip, on the tip of my tongue. West with Virginia it. State Board of Education versus Barnett. Barnett. Yep, that's the ruling. And and yeah. So this is just look. This is such. And again, either a. The Arizona legislatures know for a fact that this is unconstitutional, and they know that it's not going to go anywhere, and they know that even if they get it passed, the state is going to have to spend a lot of money defending it in court. If they do that, they're just assholes. If they don't know, they're fucking idiots, because like a two-minute Google search would, would give them the answer to this question. You know, so it's like, are they morons, or are they assholes just wasting our tax dollars? Oh, no, no, hold on. So this is a quote from Wendy Rogers from Fagstaff, a Republican. This is to make sure that students growing up understand the country in which they live and embrace the citizenship and the founding principles that we hold so dear. So hold on a second here. 
Are you kidding me? This is the First Amendment, freedom to say whatever you want. That's the founding principles, not you forcing them right. to say a pledge that was created by a fucking socialist. You and fucking stupid piece of shit. And it's already been decided. But, folks, that is it for hour number one. We've got so much more we didn't get to in the second hour. If you'd like to hear it, go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. Sign up, and we'll see you on the other side.